You it's recording. Gonna I'm going to jump in. I thought you were going to start with the welcome or, or not. Do you want me to just jump in? Yeah, let's jump jump okay. in. You go go right into your favorite uh, money so, laundering. <laughs> so my favorite, my absolute favorite depiction of money laundering on TV is probably on a TV show called Power. It's a show I've tried to get Paul to watch. He has not watched it yet, but I think by the end of this podcast series, he will have at least seen an episode. Um, in the TV show, there is a character called Ghost. He is a drug lord in New York and his wife, Tasha, is his bookkeeper. And they just show in intimate detail how she launders his money, how she's done it over time. And my favorite depiction is when she buys a hair salon with her best friend. And the way they set, they launder the money is through all these cash purchases of wigs, of other types of equipment. And if you think about it, it's true. Like I have no idea if this wig actually should cost 30 grand and should you be paying cash and how much money is actually flowing through these hair salons. It's really, really fascinating. And it's my favorite depiction because um, unlike other TV shows like Breaking Bad or the Ozarks, uh, it, it sticks with it. It's a continued storyline throughout the series. It's not a one-off mentioning of, oh yeah, and we launder money. It actually kind of uh, really sticks as a main point. And it's one of her main features that she's like this uh, accountant for the drug uh, corporation they're running. So, so I'm going to get you to watch this, Paul. Now, so, so this opinion is my own, which is the name <laughs> of the podcast. No, this opinion truly is my own. If I were to launder money, I would be doing it through diamonds and jewels and those types of concentrated areas of wealth. I wouldn't be going into a bank. And so the purpose of this podcast and how Zeal and I got together came out of us uh, teaching an AML course at Fordham Law. And if you've been to these seminars, they always talk about, you know, you get these really cool law enforcement you, uh, regulators out of, uh, out of the federal government, New York State, the other state agencies. And they always say, the, the comments I'm about to give are my own and do not reflect those of the particular agency with, them, with, which, I, uh, with which I work. So that's the purpose here is really let people let their guard down to speak on their own behalf, not for the, not for the, not for the agency, the company, the firm they work for, and really give them a forum to kind of give some insights. If I were to launder money, I would really look at trying to figure out cracking into uh, getting my uh, illicit funds into concentrated areas of diamonds and jewels and, and things like that, because they're really easy to move. And, you know, do they have the, the right AML programs, controls around them? So my name is Paul Caulfield. I'm a former uh, Manhattan prosecutor. I've been the chief risk officer at IDB Bank. This is a U.S. subsidiary coming out of Israel, a $75 billion uh, overall parent. Been there for off and on about 11 years. I worked at Citibank uh, within the compliance space as well. I've been a chief compliance officer. I've been a general counsel, and I'm an adjunct professor at Fordham Law. Uh, uh, the, the course does, or the this podcast does cover anti-money laundering and technology, but it also covers the law. And with, with me is uh, Zila Acosta-Grimes. And so Zila, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm an adjunct faculty member at Fordham Law School as well with Paul. As he mentioned, we kind of developed this AML course together and that blossomed into this podcast. Um, I am a former compliance officer at a major bank in New York. 
Um, that was my life after college before I went to law school. And then after law school, I've been at a law firm, Deborah Boyce and Plimpton for the past six, seven years, um, doing banking regulatory work. So I am, we're both lawyers. I am definitely deep in the trenches of the banking nerd. Um, and, and really that is kind of where some of this interest comes out of. I actually think anti-money laundering is one of those interesting intersections where you get these kind of big, big broad scope legal um, kind of statutes that you may have heard of. So for example, the Bank Secrecy Act of 1970, that is kind of what is the course. Also, we'll we'll the also keep each other honest, 1973. No, 1970. 1970? 1970, I'll call you on it. It's 1970. Um, All right, you, you keep talking and one of us will uh, die on the a, die Act, on sword here. <laughs> they kept, that came through, that was kind of the cornerstone of AML. Then in 2001, after the 9-11 attacks, we had the USA Patriot Act, which amended the Bank Secrecy Act and kind of added a whole host of new requirements, including trend, uh, suspicious activity reporting at a much higher level, including all types of national security laws. There's all types of things that happened in 2001. And then most recently, earlier this year, on January 1st, the AML Act was passed as part of um, the National Defense Authorization Act. And so that these are all kind of big overlaying legal concepts that have come in. There's tons of regulation, there are tons of laws all over the place. But ultimately, um, what we talk about is kind of how this affects you on a day-to-day -day level and how it interacts with technology. Because money laundering and trying to prevent money laundering is essentially something that law enforcement and the government have tried to outsource to financial institutions. So you were right. <laughs> Do, you know how times, Do you know how many times I've said it's 1973? It's so definitely it's, 1970. I knew it. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I've been, I would have, I honestly would have taken a, a hundred dollar bet. So it's 1970, uh, the BSA AML. Um, we've, we've gotten to really enjoy talking about uh, anti-money laundering. And that sounds kind of ridiculous if you're not in the field, but if you think of, um, Ozark, you think of Breaking Bad, you think of Power, I will watch it, I promise. The laundromat on Netflix um, came about with the, the FinCEN files uh, and the Paradise Papers where this law firm out of, out of, out of Panama was found to be uh, alleged, allegedly complicit in uh, creating offshore companies. There's a lot out there in the pop culture. And what we want to do uh, over the course of this podcast is really demystify things, one, Number two is it, it explain how this industry works for good and bad. Uh, you'll, you'll hear later on a you know, recent article out of The Economist really, really questioned whether AML, anti-money laundering controls, compliance requirements were as, as effective as they could be. And then that brings in the last component, the technology. There's so much incredible technology out there in the space that probably was the tipping point for us to actually create this podcast. So the guests that you'll see will be in the field of anti-money laundering, be in the field of law, will be in government, will be in uh, law enforcement, will be in technology. And it's our mission to try and balance the, the pop culture, the, the big picture. We'll get into the nitty gritty. We'll get wonky on some things. So we do hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much for listening. And please do like and share um, opinions my own.